Welcome to another episode of Sideways, The Life of Wine. As you'd expect on a podcast where we discuss wine, movies, book publishing, all sorts of things, there will be some swearing, there will be some cussing, which means we're obviously having discussions which contain adult themes. Good morning, Rex. How are you today? Surprisingly, I'm doing well. Sunny again in Southern California. Could you believe it? We've only had, oh. we, we've only had one inch of rain in the first two and a half months. And this is our rainy season, one and a half inches. Oh, okay. Well, I feel sorry for you. Um, we're having good weather here. Good. Hey, um, what we wanted to do today was release our third news flash, Rex. <clears throat> and we wanted to focus on um, the sideways effect um, because just recently you were featured in NPR um, and I won't spoil um, the, the story here but I'd like to talk to you about this because sometimes when I explain to friends of mine or acquaintances or new people I meet and I talk to them about how back in 2004-2005 with the release of the movie uh, Sideways and it spread around the world that actually uh, Merlot sales did drop off and, and Pinot Noir um, skyrocketed. They sometimes look at me like as if I'm trying to sell them something. They, they feel like I'm exaggerating. And so all I've been able to do until recently, Rex, is to point them to the Wikipedia entry for Pinot Noir. And if you were to scroll down to the bottom of that, there's a section called Recent Popularity. When they read that a paragraph or two then they look at me like as if oh well he might be telling the truth he might be saying something that's actually believable so i just wanted to kick off as i usually do with a little spiel hand over to you but talk to us more about the sideways effect and and how recently there's been some research that proves it well as you know the movie came out in late 2004 and then it kind of crescendoed with the oscars in 2005 which is coming up here and you know, I've run into this, you know, a lot of, and of course people started going up to the San Inez Valley, but um, I, I've run into a lot of people who saw Pinot Noir sales soar and said, well, it was all going to happen anyway. And I look at them like, really? You know, and, and I even at one, I was at a party about six, seven years ago up in the San Inez Valley. I won't name the gentleman. He, he was uh, blindingly drunk. He's a vineyard owner, wealthy guy, and he got quite belligerent about the fact that it had nothing to do with your movie. It was all going to happen anyway, and stop talking about your movie. And I said, I, I haven't been talking about my movie. I'm just saying whatever. Well, guess what, Mr. Fill-in-the-blank asshole? Um, the truth of the matter is, is a study just came out by an economics professor at UC Davis, and UC Davis, of course, has the greatest enology program in the world. They're right next to Napa, Sonoma for those of you who aren't familiar with the geography of California. And they proved, and they went deep. I mean, they, in fact, it's an article you can find. And then NPR and Slate Magazine picked up on it and did articles. And we're going to link you to the NPR art, the interview they did with me. This professor of economics at UC Davis proved conclusively that there is no other way to account for the soaring popularity of Pinot Noir from 2004 and 5, but particularly, and we'll get into this, 2009, because it takes four or five years when you when you put in new plantings for them to start to have vinifiable grapes. You don't get grapes the first year. It takes four or five years. And they really saw the popularity start to soar in 2009. They proved conclusively that the movie was directly, that the sideways effect in, in fact, exists. Period. End of story. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Um You'd think that most people, when they stare and look at the facts, they they might um, they might believe it. Um, 
So, but but actually, Rex, um, we all know the phrase "no fucking Merlot," and we all know this whole idea that in the movie, you know, Paul Giamatti, um, Miles, um, makes those statements, and he and he and he has a repulsion for 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 Merlot. Are you? Are you, as Rex Pickett, actually a hater of Merlot? Do you hate Merlot? Well, I think Where I do think, you stand on it. No, I'm not a hater of Merlot. I mean, but we, I think we, I, I think we should go back into one of our earlier podcasts where we did something about Merlot, because it's a, it's a long story. But when I wrote the novel, of course, by that point, Merlot had become synonymous with, you know, a red plonk. And, and that goes back, and this, this actually comes out in the NPR uh, thing that I hope all of you will, will link to, and they talk about how uh, Merlot, you know, became popular in the early 90s after a segment on 60 Minutes that talked about the French paradox and drinking red wine in your health. And so, and so Merlot soared because it's a much more drinkable and approachable wine and so on and so forth. And by the time that I'd written the novel, Merlot was synonymous with an inexpensive red wine that was drinkable whatever. In other words, you were sort of not really interested in the, I don't know, the more sublime um, merits of certain wines. You were just content to drink something cheap and quaffable, whatever. And Miles is not, he's railing against that, but also as we went into in the podcast, and I urge you to go back and listen to it because we go, you and I go deep on this one, is Miles is also trying to stop the train wreck of Jack. He's saying, I'm going to be a wild card tonight when he says that line. So um, those are things that, you know, are, you know, you can go back and check on. But definitely Merlot, we didn't know that was going to happen, but it, um, the line was uttered with such venom. And it was such, it was funny, too, that a guy could be so passionate, <laughs> passionately uh, lo- mm. loathing of a grape variety. That's never happened in a movie or a book before, to my knowledge. And people just thought that was funny, but they also took it seriously. And suddenly Merlot sales did plummet. Yeah. So so just go through that again for me. So NPR contacted you. Yes. And so what we're gonna what we and you've got you've had a radio interview with them, That's is right. that right? Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll put a link to that in the notes for this podcast so that the listeners can um, can click well, on the, that. Well the the study by listen. the economics professor at UC Davis was just published and it's quite a lengthy, even hard to read study with graphs and all kinds of things, but he proved pretty conclusively that uh, the sideways effect is the only way to account for the um, the vertically skyrocketing popularity of Pinot Noir. There's no other. Um, there, there's no other. Um, I don't know. Explanation. Yeah, explanation. There really isn't. Yeah, his name wasn't Julian Alston, was it? I don't know. You'd have to look at the study. No, it was it no. was a difficult study to read. So I read the abstracts of the study, and uh, you know. But this is something I've always known. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, because in the San Inez Valley where the the book was shot, you know, you go to the Hitching yeah. Post back in two thousand two, and I've said this many times. You know, uh, you know, there's you know nobody there midweek, nobody, and uh, weekend it wasn't crowded, but you could get in. You know, whatever. Now midweek it's crowded, and in the weekend you can't get in. The bar is four deep with people. Midweek, I'd go up there and I'd be the only one at the bar. They were happy to see me. I was their only customer, you know. And that hasn't changed, Dewey. This a lot of people thought it would go away in '05 and '06. Here we are in 2022, and you know, COVID is, uh, you know, is, is you know, the, you know, our, our mask mandates and our, you know, restrictions, and everything have been eased, and boy, they're roaring back up there again. I mean, they can't get enough of it. There, it yeah. So the sideways yeah. effect 
I've seen it with my own eyes in the San Inez Valley where the movie was shot. Take the little tiny town of Los Olivos where Miles utters the famous line at Los Olivos Cafe. There's to be three tasting rooms in this tiny town that's two blocks by two blocks. There's now 50. Wow. So you're, <laughs> so you're telling me the movie didn't have an effect? So, you know, yeah. when you tell me, oh, no, but Pinot Noir was coming on anyway. Well, there's the evidence right there. The Windmill Inn where Jack and Miles, you know, uh, bivouac for, you know, one week <laughs> is now the Sideways Inn. Yeah, I know. It says I mean, come on. Um, I mean, what, what more evidence do you want? But now a professor of economics has proved it. <laughs> so, yeah, and, yeah. you know, they asked me in, in, in the interview, and I'm, I want you know, look, I'm just writing a book. I don't know it's going to be a movie. I don't know that, you know, Merlot sales are going to, you know, tank. I don't even know the line's going to make it into the movie. I didn't do the adaptation. But, you know, they asked me at the end. I said, you know, I'm, I'm really proud that there's something that I did was made, I wrote, all alone, dead broke, was made into a movie, and wow, look at look at the effect it's had. I'm actually, I'm proud of the fact that people have taken wine more seriously. I'm proud of the fact that people have discovered a new grape variety, Pinot Noir, and I'm happy for the growers and the and the vintners. I really am. And as far as yeah. the Merlot people, a lot of them weren't into wine. They were just into bulk beverage. They were just mm. the coca. In fact, there's been articles about how it was good for the Merlot industry because the bad actors left and the people who were serious about making great Merlot, they now rose, they, they rose like cream to the, to the top, you know? Top, yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, yeah. and they actually now thank me. Good on you. Okay, Rex. We'll look on that positive note. We'll end this um, news flash. Uh, thank you very much. Right. And um, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Yui, thank you. This podcast is a one five eight production.